0: i Maddie Bryce, and I will be hosting two wonderful people, uh, Maricopa and Chris Priestman. And I brought them together today because I have been super interested in game curation. Uh, we do curation of, of games criticism here at Critical Distance, but I, and we have some conversation about that, but I haven't quite seen a lot of conversation about what, it, what does it mean to curate games and do highlight games in the digital space. So um, let, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So uh, Merit, why don't you go ahead and start with you?
1: Okay, yeah. Uh, my name is Merit. Uh, I run a game site called Forest Ambassador. Um, basically, what that site's about is curating games that are free, that take like no more than five or ten minutes, uh, and that don't really require a lot of familiarity with games. So it's a pretty focused angle, but I update it three times a week, and it's been going for
0: about a year
2: now um which yeah, is pretty wow. awesome. how about you chris i run warp door with tim w which is a a website that curates the only way to describe them is weird games but not all weird <laughs> games and weird is such a strange term because it doesn't really it's so ambiguous so i don't really want to say weird but it's probably the best way to describe it for now um and i also write elsewhere about where wherever anywhere that would really take my writing about smaller games really, uh, which is has been uh Indie Static, Indie Game Mag, Kill Screen, Pocket Gamer and Eurogamer, I think.
0: Yeah. Also, <laughs> awesome. yeah, I know. Um I actually kind of maybe a slight non sequitur is um, the I, the kind of maybe coining of a weird game um, has been a, an interesting thing I, I like to track just because the word weird is deployed in many ways, sometimes very lovingly, sometimes disparagingly. But um, I think and maybe since I think both of you kind of uh deal with these sort of games, what is like a, to you when you, I, I think it's like you know it when you see it, but to you when you're looking at a game, what makes it like a, small, weird game that is, catches your interest?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think, like, there are a bunch of different things. Like, one thing is, like, what is the game about? Um, so, like, most video games are either about nothing, which is maybe <laughs> um, an overly mean way of putting it, but I think it's accurate, or are about, like, you know, like an epic story of, like, good triumphing over evil or, like, a dude shooting another dude. So, like, there's that content level. Um, is it about a topic that isn't explored a lot in games? Uh, there's that and then i think there's also like what is the player actually doing like is is it kind of unconventional in like the gameplay so does it not really follow like a very simple like uh accomplishing goals kind of system or Mm -hmm. uh, overcoming obstacles that kind of thing so there's like that content level and there's sort of like a mechanical level as well
0: yeah and what do you and and also just kind of start off our first topic chris like what do you what kind of criteria do you have when you're looking to, you know, put up something on Warped Door?
2: There isn't a specific criteria. I guess it's kind of down to a personal taste, like, the people who currently, like, share things on Warped Door, they all have their own personal tastes. So there's someone like Gnome, uh, who's, who's been, like, curating free games for, like, eight years or something. He has acquired a taste for mainly RPGs and adventure games. So he does that, he kind of deals with that kind of stuff. That's not to say he only does that, but um so, like, and me, I don't know what my specific thing is, but I kind of know when I see a game or when I read about a game that I probably will like it for some reason. It's usually something, I, I guess it's like, and I'm, I'm an ambiguity about a game like you don't immediately know what it's all about and you have to kind of explore it a bit I really like the idea of having to explore a game's space or its mechanics or or anything really it's, it's text or something but basically everyone who kind of shares people and I want to get more people with broader tastes and things because I don't want it to be like a specific thing like it's just these kind of people in these kind of games but everyone has their own personal criteria and I can I I could try and explain it, but I don't think it would come out very well. Um, I kind of <laughs> I kind of just know myself as a very personal thing.
0: I think. So would you, if you had a you know take a guess for just you as a person, not not work or overall, like what is the glint in the game that's like that weird little glint that makes you think that this is worth like at least your your personal attention? Most of the time, it's,
2: it's probably the graphics that will immediately grab my attention. But that's what mm-hmm. I say like I only judge a game by its graphics, Obviously, I, I will go into things that you couldn't never tell a spike. But there's usually like <sighs> I'm trying to think how to explain it. I don't even know myself, <laughs> that's a problem. I don't I just know just uh I really like like le- recently I think if um, everyone who follows me on Twitter knows this, I really like glitches and rugged textures, exploration games, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. And I, I guess a lot of it is I'm kind of bored of the games I played when I was, well, like 20 years ago, and they're still <laughs> making those kind of games, which is fine, but I'm just, like, I'm bored of those games, so I just want something different. Um, and there are people who make very specific games about things that you could never really predict um, or understand just by playing the game. Uh, you, they might be very personal to them, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And I like those kind of games if someone has their own kind of style and they kind of roll with it, like uh, Tom Van Den Bugart or Jake Claver is a good one. He has his own style, and you can always tell it's one of his games. So there's, mm-hmm. I guess, a kind of personality in the game that you wouldn't see in any other kind of game if it was made by someone else, basically.
0: Yeah. So, with Mary, you have a, a really clear purpose with Force Ambassador. Like, it's it's kind of like you know uh, games that are accessible, don't take you know, kind of redefine kind of like. Our relationship with games because of you know people think of video games as i'm going to have a 60 hour affair with a large you know budget and whatever um but uh so now that you're you know you have a very clear purpose i'm getting curious like do you have an aesthetic you know sensibility that is also driving your choices outside of that criteria mm yeah i think
1: uh i think i do like and it didn't like a specific kind of like visual style. Yeah, I don't have like a specific attraction on forest ambassador to something like Chris is talking about, like a kind of glitch aesthetic or like an unpolished roughness. Um, mm-hmm. but I do still like to look for things, like I said, that are sort of non-traditional in terms of their content, because I certainly could post a lot of games that are, you know, maybe fit all of the criteria that I set when I started the site but are still fairly traditional in terms of how they play. Mm -hmm. So like I could be posting a lot of arcade shooters because a lot of them Mm -hmm. are pretty simple to play. Uh, I could be posting Mm -hmm. a lot of things like that. Um, But aside from just like those those straight criteria that I have, like I do want to be looking for things that are interesting and not just interesting to someone who is coming from like this perspective of having a lot of experience with games, because like, again, like that's not really who the site is for um, but just something that's interesting in its own right, so that has something to say more than uh you should shoot these aliens because mm-hmm. if you don't they'll blow up your show um, yeah. <laughs> so it's like pretty low level um but I try to vary the content a lot too, so uh i I also could you know just like I could post only arcade shooters, I could post only twine games forever. there are so many mm-hmm. twine games that I could post one right. every day every week. Uh, but I like to vary, like, the form and the content of things I post. So I, I'm very consciously trying to uh, not get stuck in, like, a specific kind of, uh, of content that I'm posting and to try and vary it up.
0: Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I really totally got ahead of myself. And maybe, maybe we should really start with, like, you know, why did you start? And why do we need curation? Especially for you, um, Mary, because I was around when you started it and I, and I mm-hmm. personally find, like, the, uh, find it vital. What kind of, do you remember the time when you were like, you know what, I need to start doing Forest Ambassador, this concept? Like, can you take us through that moment in time?
1: Yeah, so basically I think curation has two purposes or two, two audiences in a way, but, uh, but yeah, two purposes. So one purpose of curation is to sift out through this like huge sea of stuff and give it to people who might be interested in it. So you're sort of like saying, look, it's there's all this stuff out there. It's like impossible for you to like go through it yourself. So I'm going to do that work of sorting through it for you based on some kind of criteria that I think are important and then present it to you. So that's the first like goal of curation. And I think the second one is serving artists or serving people who are making things because that... Uh, the discovery problem is like a really big one, right? So like mm-hmm. if you make a game, it goes into this huge sea of things that have been released like that day or that week. And curation is like a way to raise the visibility of certain works. So I actually started Forest and Buster with uh with a latter goal, uh, the goal of like sort of using my position to broadcast the work of other creators. But as soon as I went to that idea of like, well, I want to start a curation site, I was thinking, well, like, what what can I offer that distinguishes this from, like, every other game inspiration site? Like, Free Indie Games was still alive at the time, so it's like, mm-hmm. what makes this different from Free Indie Games? What makes it different from Warp like, all these other things, right? Um, and that's sort of when I was thinking about, like, well, what if it was a game creation site for people who don't play video games? And I don't know that I've, like, actually achieved that goal, because I still think most of the audience is people <laughs> who, like, are coming from games communities, but, like, that was the goal when I started the site, was, like, On the one hand, to sort of promote the work of people doing just interesting work in general, like not just interesting Mm -hmm. games, but interesting work. Promote their work, but also promote it to an audience that doesn't play a lot of games and isn't familiar with those stuff. So trying to do both of those things simultaneously. And I don't know how successful I've been (laughs) in either of those, but, yeah.
0: Yeah, we're definitely going to get to talk about visibility, especially you know, because of recent popular news and things like that. Um, So we're definitely going to hold that one for a little bit. But Mm -hmm. So, Chris, why don't you tell me about how Warpedor came together?
2: Warpedor's only been around, I think it launched two months ago, but I think Tim and myself came up with the idea about, it was in February of this year, so it's been around for a few months. Um, Basically, the idea was to have a specific focus, Like Merit just said, is to have an angle, I guess. Before, when I've done what I would call curation on other websites over the past few years, it's always the I guess the goal has always been to cover as many indie games uh, as possible, because I guess there were less then, and it was almost possible still to do that. Um, But now there's like so many games being made all over the place and so many different ones. It feels necessary to have, I, I want to see as many curation sites as possible with mm-hmm. their own little kind of niche, if you know what I mean, or niche, mm-hmm. whatever you say. <laughs> and I think that's something that me and Tim discussed actually was having, because uh, the free indie games were still around, we wanted to be. We wanted to have Warped Door, we knew Forest Ambassador was around. Uh, there was a few others popping up, and I think they're kind of bobbing up and down in terms of how much they're posting now. But mm-hmm. we just wanted to have more kind of voices, I guess, curating and more specific focuses. Um, uh, Water was just a way of broadening that, because Tim was already doing indiegames.com and he still does and he was he was contributing to free indie games as well at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So for him especially, it was just another, another website to find different kind of games and share them with different people, maybe, a different audience or with a specific focus.
0: You brought up a part of the conversation which I've been thinking a lot about lately, um so often i'm when I go out and I'm doing um, work at events and things like that with people who are not in games, the first thing that someone you know tells me is like, "Oh cool, where are all the queer games like where are all the games by you know black people or whatever, as if like you know there is like this reservoir because you know at first I, was, I, I thought the idea was absurd, but we actually have museums dedicated to particular things in everything else. So it's not actually absurd. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm kind of curious about, you know, this need from your more like specific curation, like how do we see all these different lenses going? And is it like a, is it like a social need or is, is there also kind of like like in, a part of expression on the part of the curator as well? Like I'm kind of curious about, you know, separate, you know, the curator and their wants and then, like, kind of, like, the community need of these sort of resources. I don't know if I asked a question. <laughs> but, <laughs> I was <laughs> going to bounce off that. <laughs> I was,
2: was going to say, um, this is being brought up recently. I think I've seen it mentioned somewhere, but one of the shames about game curation still, even now, is that it's, a lot of it uh, relies on other creators and developers doing it. There are there are like you know professional websites or whatever you want to call them blogs and stuff that cover these games, but even they rely on finding them through you know whoever's creating the games at the time. So if I guess for people who are into making games like Merit and yourself, it's kind of a need because you can see that people want this and it's kind of needed. And I can see that myself. I think it's needed. So it 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 goes down to the people who need to do it. Get something you need to do, or the by that killer thing. It gets down to the people who are involved in it already and want to see. You, you might question why is my game not getting picked up by people, and you think, well, that's because no one's actually actively sharing it or something. So you end up doing it yourself, which is kind of a shame. I wish it would, you know, uh,
0: kind of trickle upwards a bit. I guess you'd say. Yeah, um, I I was also thinking, and this is in regards to a lot, like you know, um, I think this is a question that faces critical distance as well, is like what is also you know, our curation projects mean to non-gamers, to people who are outside of those who are already in, you know, mucking around, like not the experts, you know, and things like that. Like, how how do you all at least maybe plan or envision becoming public-facing, you know, projects.
1: Yeah. Um, It's hard not to feel sometimes like a lot of this stuff is just like, just us talking to each other. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. did you play my new game? Oh, yeah, did you play mine? Like, it's just like this kind of insular (laughs) thing that's like kind of frustrating sometimes that gets into some of the stuff that that Chris is talking about. But um, one thing, one really small thing that I did with Forest Investor, and I think this maybe kind of hurt me in terms of, searchability with the name. So I really okay. consciously wanted to have a name for the site that didn't have games in the title. And like, mm-hmm. I think Warpdoor is great about that as well. It's just like, it, I think when you have this, like this phrase of like indie games or like games or whatever, it it's not that it's off-putting, but it is like marking it as this sort of domain that if you're not familiar with it or comfortable with it already, you may not feel welcome in, or like you may not feel mm-hmm. like it's accessible to you. So even just like small things like that are like part of my effort to make this more accessible to people who wouldn't otherwise find it. I think it has made it har- made it harder <laughs> to search for the site on Google. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, you know, I think about things like, uh, what would it be like to have public galleries of games like outside, mm-hmm. like just have uh, small little installations of games that are really easy to pick up and just like that invite people to play with them. Um, so having offline stuff, just other kinds of, like, offshoots like that. And it's hard. Like, I think it's really hard for anyone who is, like, trying to break out of that kind of insular games community. And I'm still thinking about ways to do that. But it's definitely, like, a real challenge.
2: Recently, uh, there was Indie 3. And we did a mm-hmm. walk Door showcase, or that's what I called it anyway. I don't really know what it was called. But that was a live streaming of some games that I picked that we'd... Uh, like shared recently, so to me that was kind of like a little online ex- exhibition of the kind of mm-hmm. things that we like, and just some small games that people would have missed. And the reaction was like so positive, and people were like, "You should stream games like this and have someone playing them more often." It was like that would be great, but I can't do it myself, and it's like organizing mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So maybe like if you want to kind of branch out, reach. Different kind of people, that would be one way of doing it. Um I think it's interesting that you mentioned, uh, museums earlier as well, because I'd never thought of that before launch Walk Door, but some people have compared, like, curation sites to how museums work. And they're pretty much the same thing, that like, you have a specific focus and they share it on a public forum and people can come and see it and blah, blah, blah. That's, that, you know, there's never, there's probably never going to be, a, an actual physical space for these kind of games. But, I mean, there are some times. I don't know. I'm kind
0: of just but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, the thing that's kind of interesting to me is, that um, I, I do, uh, or I should say I'm acquainted with people who actually have put games in museums or who curate, you know, things. Have either of you ever gone to, like, a physical mm-hmm. curation of games? Uh, because I, I find it interesting, like, uh, the yeah, difference between, uh, like, yeah. how, like, the digital and, you know physical curation can be, especially when um there's sort of um there's a difference between like let's say i'm going to play a game in a museum and i'm going to play a game on a digital curation site in the comfort of my own home, so it's kind of interesting the difference of how those two things kind of pan out there, so yeah no i I think it's interesting because the kinds of games that are in physical curation spaces are actually starting to become physical. But I, I would say that like, if I was to, you know, make a quick judgment, the more popular readily kind of taken games are physical. They have electronics. They're physically, you know, people can interact with them and they're accessible that way. The ones that are kind of like, you know, games on consoles or whatever tend to be like the Smithsonian. Or, um, you know, some other ones that, I don't know, every single time I go, I don't quite find interesting. Like, you know, I'm not going to sit down and play like an RPG in a museum, if you will, no. <laughs> you know. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting how the digital space, you know, for curation is taking that. And I'm kind of curious as to maybe you, you both can speculate since maybe you're not quite sure right now, but, um, what kind of ways do you think that a digital-only curation can help with access or challenging people's ideas of games through that way. That might be a weird question. I'm sorry. I, it's, it's definitely in my mind though. Of um, like, I, I was okay. So here, here's a like, kind of a thought. Like, so with Warp Door, I think Warp Door is kind of, is interesting to me because it seems almost. And this might sound dismissive, but indie accessible. Like, I know some people who kind of like. Like indie games, popular indie games, and that's kind of like their weird games. And then Warpdoor is kind of like, well, how about we step a little bit, just one step further into all these other things. And I think that um, I was, you know, I've been talking to other artists about how certain games are the kind that are, you know, brought into exhibits. So if we think of like, you know, indie game exhibits that go on, kind of see the same kind of games that are there. Um, so it, it seems like kind of Warped Door highlights. These other ones, and so I guess you know maybe this is a good time to kind of talk about visibility, you know, um, and strategies with that. Um, so you know, I guess for people who might not be familiar, we have a um, in a conversation in the space, especially with indie games, that there's like an oversaturation of indie games. You know, indie bubble is popped, et cetera, et cetera, and <laughs> that it's kind of impossible to find anything. And so now I'm kind of curious about what kind of, a, you know, what, what kind of concerns do you have with visibility as a curator? What kind of concerns do you have of giving to maybe certain kinds of work as opposed to the usual work? So, like, on Workdoor, Door, how does um, typical, let's say, more mainstream indie stuff fit into your platform as opposed to things that are not usually played?
2: It was mainly we don't tend to do, basically, we don't tend to cover games that are Mm well-known, or, what, like, when you say mainstream, I mean, that's, like, a strange term, but it would have to be, like, a really kind of strange game with a very, that would appeal very specifically to, I guess, an an esoteric game, so it would have to be very specific in the kind of thing it's into for us to cover, Mm -hmm. and, I can. I did. We did think about actually covering not just like bigger games that are more well known, but also like computer arts and that kind of thing, which is something I would mm. still want to do if we somehow managed to grow a bit bigger or had some more people around. I could put time into doing that kind of thing. Um, for mm. now, we're just focusing on games. But yeah, it's we kind of tend to focus on smaller games that people aren't playing or don't know about because. It seems pointless if we don't like what we'll, if we're just gonna repeat the same kind of thing over and over again, like mm-hmm. what you can find elsewhere, it doesn't seem like we have any point of being around I guess. So I guess in terms of those big popular games that don't kind of fit into what Walker is, I might cover them somewhere else maybe. Mm-hmm. But for what Walker is I most of the time we just we're interested in the smaller games and not just any smaller games, it's like it's quite specific like I said earlier, like to ourselves, personal games that we enjoy as well. So, kind of very niche.
0: Well, that's well, that's interesting. I I like the idea that um through curation you're kind of making a statement about certain other things that might not be popular. So like, um I'm sure all of us here at this at this you know virtual table will not engage with what is a game. But in a sense, in a, in a way, when you kind of pull in things, you kind of just make this de facto statement of I view this as, the, uh, you know, a game because I am a game curator. Um, so I'm kind of curious about, like, where do you see yourself going into other arts and bringing in, because I think you you, you just mentioned um, some other sort of uh art field that you're drawing from. I guess you could say um, Aurea Harvey from Telltale. out she, she mm. puts it really well,
2: better than I ever will, but it's kind of like, instead of looking at things as games, like, more of just interactive software is a better term I think I'd prefer, and some of the things I've picked out before haven't even been interactive given the kind of, you can move your mouse inside this game and affect things, it's been like you're supposed to do something with your eyes, or you're supposed to do something physical uh, with your body, and the game's like giving you instructions or something um, mm. to do that. So, yeah, I guess I kind of prefer to use the term interactive software, but, yeah, I mean, it's more of a, a kind of taste or a style that we're interested in, I guess. Um And because we've all kind of been into games and games are delivering that, and that's what we know, I guess. That's why we're sticking to it for now. But, I like I said, I think we might expand to other things, potentially at some point. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah.
0: Well, how about, like, with you, Merit, because I feel like, in a sense, a part of accessibility when it comes to games or getting people who are non-gamers is to also, at the same time, blur those borders or eliminate those borders to what we conceive of um, mm-hmm. as these experiences. So, like, what kind of things have you seen maybe surprisingly pop up into your into what you curate that way?
1: Yeah. So I think one thing right off the bat is like the whole five to 10 minute rule that I have cuts out a lot of really high visibility stuff that gets a lot of traffic normally, because like there Mm -hmm. is still this idea that like a game can't be that valuable if it only takes you five minutes to experience. Like I think Mm -hmm. that time limit thing has come down and I think people have realized that like a game doesn't have to be 40 hours long to be like interesting or meaningful, but like most indie games with a capital I are still, like, you know, an hour or two long or or whatever, because there's a sense of value according to time. So I see I get a lot of stuff on the site that is just, like, really quick that you can experience in, like, a few minutes. And, like, a lot of it is, yeah, I think blurring this idea of, like, what a game is. So there's this one artist uh, whose work I've, like, come to really like over the past few months named uh, Pierre Chevalier. And uh, he has, I put the two of his works. Uh, I think only two on the side so far. So one is called Unpredictable Storyline Twist 2, and it's made in twine, um, but what it does is just grab random excerpts from, I think it's the uh, text file for Out of This World, and it just sort of like constructs yeah. this random story out of like instructions of someone telling you how to play this game. And then another one of his works is called Emma, and it just juxtaposes random images from Google Maps that have been mm. uh, set to black and white high contrast, so just like black and white images it juxtaposes those with, like, random entries from this this dream catalog website where people have, like, uh, submitted these, like, dreams that they've experienced. And yeah. it's just, like, this really incredible use of randomness. And is it, like, you're just hitting spacebar to advance to, like, display the next screen. That's all you're doing. And you, There's no end to it either. And so those kinds of things are, like, you know, there's been, like, that brief moment of, like, is this a game? And, like, obviously I'm not really invested in that conversation, mm-hmm. but by putting that on the site next to something that is, like, maybe more valued in uh, in games communities or is more, seen as more legitimate, I'm sort of er- trying to erase those distinctions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, every game on the site gets the same kind of write-up. Like, it's, like, why I should try this, like, how to play it. So that's sort of, I think, or hope <laughs> that that goes some way towards, like, uh, erasing these like, differences in uh, legitimacy or status between between those works.
0: Yeah, um and I think that's a a really interesting aspect of just curation overall as, you know, a practice um which has, you know, shifted art, you know, sensibilities, you know, over you know for a really long time. Um so when before when we were talking about we were kind of talking about like um, uh, almost like meeting a whole bunch of, you know, different curators and things. How how do you all see, um, like, a coalition of digital, you know, curators? Um, is there kind of like, you know, like, so right now we have um, commonly, you know, you know, maybe somewhat associated with our site, you know, game critics, and game critics who overall talk to each other, talk about a community of games criticism, um, talk about practices and what's going on, et cetera. Uh, do you see this happening for game curation? Um, Especially because I see a lot of um, game curation that's done by, um, like, bots, basically, um, or done by, uh, you know, a lot of it is through Twitter, but I don't know if I necessarily see game curators talking to each other, Um, but maybe you two might have a better, you know, vantage point on that. Like, do you see something congealing with curation going on yet?
1: Not really. Um, I will say that, I think there is sort of, like, this informal, not dialogue, but, like, you know, like, I will see something that's on Warp Door and think about maybe putting it on Forest Ambassador or, you know, other sites do those mm-hmm. kinds of things. There's sort of the those networks that are sort of starting to develop. I'm not aware of a whole lot of conversations that have been going on, and I certainly haven't been participating in a whole lot, but it seems like the kind of thing that we probably should be doing <laughs> bring it up yeah uh it would be a good thing to talk about like you know especially as more curation sites are appearing like thinking about ways that each site can you know that we can build off each other's work and um and sort of create different well uh curation sites that are doing distinct things rather than sort of reproducing each other's work
2: yeah there's a site called um pivot states which is a very small so site that it started about the same time as Warpedal and hasn't updated since May unfortunately, but I spoke to the person who started it and they said to me that they were deliberately not going to post anything that Warpedal did, which I thought was fine. we um, kind of sounded hostile the way they like said it, but I was like, no, that's fine, mm-hmm. that's good, you're finding things that we wouldn't. And when Nobody was doing the Live Free, we Play Hard column, he said well, I said to him, it's good that you're finding games that we're not because it means, you know, they get the exposure or, or whatever you want to call it, people looking at those games. Because he was, he was making a comment about how nearly every week there was a game that he found and walked on there. And I said, well, no, I, and, and that week there wasn't one. And he was just saying, I was just saying to him, uh, no, that's fine. It's good that, you know, there's more games that we haven't found on there because we get to see them for ourselves and other people get to see them as well. Cause so like I said earlier, I th- I just said earlier. Um, there, it doesn't feel like there's any point of all of us doing the same kind of thing. Like everyone should have their own specific thing. It'd be great to have a conversation, obviously. Not saying that like, we should all stick in our mm-hmm. little corners and hide away and do no, this is my game. But I just like the idea of like a little, like like a little conversation going on and people sharing games uh, with each other and. Cause we we do have similar tastes in a way i guess but obviously the websites are very specific in a different kind of way
0: and the thing that um i think is a, a super fair criticism right now is that a lot of critical attention is on you know larger mainstream games you know as like it's a capital m you know um we don't see a lot of critical writing on the types of games that you're curating um so mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious about that as a next step, as, um, you know, how in a sense of a conversation, besides just like, let's say, just a game, maybe setting up a context and then giving it to people, you know, just as a visibility thing. Um, is there more that you want to happen to that? Is it, you know, is it just fine that, you know, that, um, the the games just have their posts and that's how it happens? Like where do you see the ripple effects of, what it means to you know make a game visible, especially when it comes to the internet and how you know attention works on the internet
1: yeah, like I am incredibly frustrated, both as a curator and as uh, you know a game maker, by the disproportionate amount of attention that is still focused on games that are released as products by large corporations that are these huge you know, millions of dollars affairs. Mm-hmm. it's super frustrating because, you know, a lot of the criticisms that are made of those works are being addressed or are being, like, dealt with in really interesting ways by by just, like, individual creators, but because the work isn't as flashy or the production values aren't as high, I feel like that's a big part of why that work doesn't get as much attention. Or, you know, there's also the fact that people uh, like, it's a lot easier for pe- a lot of people to write in a critical mode uh, than it is to to talk about a small game or small work that does really interesting things, it's like kind of a harder thing to do. Whether like Force Ambassador would start doing something like that, like it's like a really interesting idea because so far I've just been trying to present games without a lot of criticism, without like a lot of of introduction on my part. But you know, I would certainly love and like I want to think about ways that um, that we can push that uh, that we can use curation as a way to like focus more critical attention on these works too because that is just like so, so important and I think one of the reasons that these works like don't have as much visibility is because there isn't, there isn't a lot of critical conversation around them.
0: Yeah. Chris, do you see how Workdoor possibly stimulates conversation or do you have like a wish for the future for some sort of way for that to happen or how do you all handle that?
2: Uh, um, so Warzow is currently in a WIP state. Um, it's not a finished website, that's why it's got the WIP at the beginning. Um, the <laughs> idea is when it eventually launches and I have no idea what that's gonna be so. Um, <laughs> it's mainly just a case of getting things organized, um, and we have to have we have to rely on someone doing the coding. But the idea of Warpdoor, um because I've always enjoyed writing about games. I do enjoy sharing them, but I always enjoy writing about them after I found them and on whatever as well. So I would like Walkdoor I've already started doing some interviews actually, I'm doing an interview a month people um and i do on every sunday i do like a roundup of the games i've enjoyed or are my personal favorites from the past week and i do like a few paragraphs or two two or three paragraphs in them so there's that but eventually i would definitely like it to be more engaged like there would be a, like a kind of sharing kind of side to the website as well as like in a, a more engaged conversation about Maybe critiquing it or, or having people on the website talking about it somehow. Mm-hmm. Um so kind of, I guess a kind of split site. Um, although I still haven't worked it out. But yeah, the idea of Walkdoor was to be... Well actually, the idea of Walkdoor, why we launched it was because free only games stopped. So mm-hmm. that's why it's like it is now. The idea of it was to be both curation and critical. But no one has the time to do the critical stuff at the moment. Hence why it's not being, hence why it's not being done. That's, that's mainly the problem. I think it's just having the time to do it. Right. Like, being critical of a game takes time and you have to take it in and think about it quite a lot. And then um, people doing the curation, like I said, it's often people who are creating games themselves. I'm not myself personally, but I do other things. And I, I, everyone else who does curation usually does other things as well. So it's mainly just a time problem. And I know there's people like, um, Terry Cavana actually tried to, I remember this because I found it funny, he tried to, like, write about a game probably from indiegames.com, com. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gave up pretty quickly because he couldn't do it and then questioned how <laughs> anyone he then questioned how anyone could do it. So there's I guess <laughs> kind of it's both the time thing and if if the person feels capable of doing it or if they they feel experienced or or not, you know. Not that there has to be an experience, but you know, it's up to them really, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um no, I can I can understand it's definitely a time thing. I and mean, you know well, you know, very, a lot of conversation around games criticism right now is, you know, a lot of labor issues, um, and exploitation that's going on right now. So I can imagine that's also probably affecting you all in kind of like how do we, um, get this attention. Um, so actually, you know, uh, to wrap this up and, I, and maybe this should have been the first question I asked you all, but instead, I, I, let's say, um, I'm going to, I want to curate games. How do you all find the games like where are you all looking at to get all the content for your sites and if someone else wanted to start their their own curation like where would they start to find this
2: do
1: you want to go
0: uh, <laughs> uh, so, like, how
1: how should people go about starting new curation sites basically or? yeah
0: yeah where, where do you find your games and how where can are you good places yeah. to look like kind of thing
1: where are good places to look okay dev forums are a really good place to look it can be hard to, like, sort through things, but, like, most dev forums have, like, a place where folks are posting released games um, or even, like, work-in-progress things that you may want to keep an eye on. So, like, that's a really great place. Uh, are there
0: any popular dev forums you can recommend?
1: So, Make, Make Game, which is, like, makega.me, mm-hmm. started, like, a few months ago, and it's got, like, a lot of really amazing people on it. So, like, that's a really great place i don't scour the bigger forms very often but you know like things like the indie game source things like that like i've heard people looking for work there i think twitter too like i think maybe just following developers that you find interesting is like a really good way to do it like i would love to see more focused curation sites i would love to see you know more curation sites too that are doing trying to do the work of promoting specific kinds of creators as well so like on Forest Ambassador, I've tried to to do some of that. So like I had one month where I only posted games that had been done by women. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, I'm gonna try to do more of that stuff. Like, I think it would be great to just like have one month that's like only games that were Mm -hmm. made by people of color, like, uh, because most uh, of indie games is like really white. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, it would be great to have like sites that are dedicated to that stuff, that are dedicated to promoting the work of like particular artists, like you were talking about earlier. And uh, I would certainly love to, like, help out anyone who is, like, looking to start something like that.
0: Cool. And, Chris, where do you find your games to uh, to put
2: um, out? Them? So there's a lot of places, and I could probably spend hours listing them. But um, <laughs> good places to go are GameJolt, Itch.io, uh, Newgrounds is quite good, but you have to do a lot of filtering in Newgrounds. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> slime seller <salad> sure. <support. laughs> Forums, SlimeSide Side Forums is a good place. Um, mm-hmm. Zero Feedback, which is another curation site, which mm-hmm. is really small. And I'm trying to think of them now. <laughs> Twitter is a really good place. I find a lot of places things on Twitter. Some pe- sometimes you'll get um, people emailing you games if they know that you might be interested in them, or they might just tweet mm-hmm. them at you. I go to there's a NeoGAF forum as well, that's dedicated to indie games, and they find a load of good stuff in there. There's a couple of people who are really, really good at finding stuff in there. Um, What else? There's a lot of places. (laughs) There are are specific subreddits that have some good people finding games. Not many. There's one that's like r slash web games, I think it is, that found some good Hmm. stuff in there. That's probably the main ones. IndieDB isn't that great. The isn't too good either, but you might find a few things in there. Um, it really depends what you're looking for as well. Desura's actually has some really good like visual novels and stuff in there actually. That's it's probably good for that.
0: Um, awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. Um because I know I like, you know, if I ever wanted to do a personal project, I, I, I the first thing I was like, Oh, I'll just go to, you know, these curation sites and I will draw from there. But I was kind of like, Well, they probably have their own stream and they're already filtering with their own things. So I think it'd be super interesting for people to have you know access to these kind of like places where games kind of crop up and i totally agree with twitter about like and it's really hard for i think a lot of people to understand that like (laughs) so many things happen on twitter now and how people connect and kind of self-organize themselves happen there um that like whenever someone asks me like how do i find these sort of games. I'm like, follow those people on Twitter. <laughs> That's <what we're> <laughs> awesome. So thank you both for, um, you know, joining me on, uh, this podcast has been really great. And, um, I'm kind of hoping that we see a lot more curation projects. Um, do y'all have anything that you want to plug like a website or projects or things like that? Like Merit?
1: Force Ambassador is on Patreon. So right now what you get, if you, support it like with a dollar or more a month is access to this like little weird game thing called Woodland Secret uh, so this mm-hmm. month I did an interview with uh, Taylor Wu who did Chop Squares and a game called Small Armor and I just do a lot of weird stuff like that and I'm actually right now thinking about where that's going to be going in the future so I just put out a little survey for that too so if you are go on Patreon you can like help me figure out uh, what the future of Forest Ambassador is going to be which is kind of cool but yeah yeah, that's about it.
0: Awesome. How crazy any projects or websites or anything you want to plug?
1: I'll just plug Warpdoor.
2: Door. Um, you can go to warpdoor.com, and that will take you to like a splash page. Where we actually do all the game creation for now is wip.warpdoor.com, which is a bit confusing. Um, <laughs> and it's on Twitter, and it's on Tumblr, and it's on Facebook as well. And there's links from there on the website. Awesome. Well, thank you all
0: again. And thanks, everyone, for and I will join you